0: Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Kings and Priests podcast. And this one is a special edition, because I don't have Dean with me. I have a friend of mine, Kieran Linehan, who is just an incredible entrepreneur, incredible guy, man of faith. And uh, he's going to share some of his story today and uh, the really cool project he's working on. Kieran, what is up, man? How are you?
1: I'm doing really well, man. So happy to be here. Appreciate you having me on.
0: Dude, it's good to have you. I'm glad we can make this happen. We've been trying to do this for a bit now, so I'm glad we could uh, I know, yeah, yeah. We could lock it in. Okay, dude, so tell me, first and foremost, I want to get to what you're building uh, with Malachi Daily, which is just so cool. It's a scripture memorization tool via text message, and uh, you shared this with me a couple of months ago, uh, and I just like absolutely love, love the tool. Um, so I want to hear you talk a little bit about that in a second, but before that, man, just give us a bit about you, um, like what brought you to this point. And uh, just give us a little bit of your background.
1: Yeah, sounds good. I'll give you the, uh, the relatively quick version. So born and raised, got to start with uh, born and raised in New Jersey, beautiful Garden State, which we get, we get tons of flack for, for no reason at all. But <laughs> no, we actually, my wife and I love it here. So it's married to my wife. We've been married for coming up on seven years. We've got two young kiddos, three and a half and two and a half. Our oldest, we adopted out of foster care last year. We're actually coming up on a year next week. Uh, from that that adoption date, so super pumped about that. But in terms of background, uh, I've been a student of people my whole life. Is kind of what I like to say. I was always quiet, always pretty pretty interested in observing people and noticing why do people do certain things, why do certain people become people that others want to follow. And so, by the time I got to college, stumbled into a psychology class and, in particular, organizational psychology. So, I kind of dove headfirst into leadership, organizational culture, and I rediscovered that, yeah, man, I have this love for business and teams and organizations and the intersection of how people interact and behave within those. And so that kind of launched me on on that path and just dove into leadership, basically got my hands on everything that I could read there. And my first job out of college was in corporate as an operations manager. Don't need to spend too much time here. It was a great experience, a really well-run company. But I knew pretty quickly that I was not going to be there for the long term, just wasn't a fit culturally. And I think deep down, I knew that I'd always wanted to be an entrepreneur. And so about a year into working there is actually when I came to faith. And so that started to really shift my perspective from a vocational perspective. Like, what, why, why am I here? What is it that I'm supposed to be doing? How does God want to use me? What does he want me to do with with my work? And so that became a huge question that I wrestled with and prayed for about a year, uh, probably the hardest year of my life by far, where I just woke up every morning, had a pit in my stomach going to work. It just wasn't, I wasn't doing any work that was getting me excited. My best friends at the company all started to leave or transfer to other branches. And so I was just left with this ongoing prayer, Lord, what's next? What is it that you want me to do? And out of that came eventually a realization that I've always been interested in starting a business and I've always been interested in this idea of helping people live into their potential if we want to use just that kind of broad buzzword language. But this idea of I want to challenge people to think about why they're doing what they're doing. And so at that point, after that year of prayer, discovered coaching as an industry and immediately that, that resonated with me and I, it kind of felt like, yeah, this makes a lot of sense for what I naturally gravitate towards some of the skill sets that I have. And so while I was still working full-time, enrolled in a coaching school and got certified. Um, and then that's when the story starts to get, I think, in my, my perspective, a little bit more interesting and started feeling that call to full-time entrepreneurship. I suppressed it and suppressed it, tried to get out of it, tried to get out of it. And this actually will, will connect to Malachi Daily uh, in that it was actually through probably the only piece of scripture that I had memorized that I finally made the decision to obey what what I was pretty certain that God was calling me to, which was to leave the corporate job, leave the, you know, the safety of all that and to step into full-time entrepreneurship as a coach. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, man. so that's, that's kind of what brought me into coaching. So for the last four years, I've been coaching faith-driven entrepreneurs, helping, helping them grow their business. So doing one part kind of business strategy and mindset coaching, one part spiritual direction. Uh, And, and that's been, been a blast and that's kind of led me up until now and about to launch malachi daily
0: yeah so i want to get into that in just one second i want to ask you a quick question though so you're coaching faith-driven entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. what would you say i'm going to just put you on the spot here What, what would you say when it comes to some of that mindset um what is a maybe a theme or a through line or like a key obstacle that you've seen uh in folks who are people of faith but also have this for lack of a better term ambition or desire, mm-hmm. or sense of calling, mm-hmm. uh, to build something, or to be an entrepreneur. Like, if you could just break it down, what is a, a an obstacle that you see a lot of people um, are, yeah. are faith are facing?
1: Yeah, man, that's that's such a huge question. It's a good one, and in some ways, I'm gonna I'll give a one cop out answer, and I'll answer your question more directly. The cop out answer is that's I have a a podcast called the Renew Your Mind Podcast, and that's where I basically talk about the answer to that question. Mm-hmm. Every single week. And we'll
0: link to that that podcast in the show notes. So if you're listening, you can subscribe and listen. It's a great show.
1: Yeah. And so that's a question that I've constantly been asking. I've just been observing as I'm working with people. And then the answers to it, I try to go really deep on each of those topics. From a high level, though, just some of the patterns that immediately jump out. One, I think there's an idea. You mentioned ambition. There's an idea that ambition is at odds with contentment. And a lot of people struggle with, they have this desire to build something, this desire to to grow wealth, to build a, a business. And then they tell themselves, but I should just be content with what is today, with where I am now. And to that, I would say, yes, be content with where you are now. But That doesn't mean complacency. That doesn't mean that you don't get to use your gifts to steward. Uh, to, you don't get to steward your gifts and and lean into that call that God's put on your life to build. And so there's, I mean, there's a whole series on just the idea of wealth creation and starting to break open people's minds there. That's a big part of my story. My relationship with money and and kind of how I grew up, that was a, a whole kind of transformation that I had to go through from a mindset perspective. So that would be one. I think some of the, maybe the other one that that pops up uh, in addition to that false tension is the, the tendency to just think that there's always a right answer. And that God's will is this needle in a haystack, this very specific, narrow path that they just have to get it right. And if they get it right, then everything will go well. And in entrepreneurship, that's just not the way it is. There there aren't right answers. This isn't a multiple choice test. This isn't standardized testing. Entrepreneurship is, is kind of a wide open green field. And so... A lot of people tend to get stuck in decision making patterns where they're delaying or they're second guessing or they're overthinking where the best option tends to just be decide and move forward, decide and move forward and, and be checking in with God. Obviously don't do anything that's obviously against the will of God, but so much of what we do is within the goalposts Mm -hmm. and we're given that, that freedom to be able to choose. And so I could, I could talk all day about this, but there are a couple, you know, those are just a couple of the the patterns that I see a lot with the entrepreneurs that I work with. It's really
0: um, interesting that you say that because that's actually, honestly, probably been my biggest hurdle mentally as well, right? Like getting saved uh, as a teenager in a very hyper-spiritual, charismatic Pentecostal environment where we were, everything was what's God's will, what's God saying, what's God doing in this (laughs) season. And I, and I believe in all that, but I think that has been honestly a big struggle for me is trying to understand and follow God's will while also being confident that if I'm just following Jesus and doing everything that I can to love him and serve him and have accountability in my life, that um, there kind of is a sandbox that I get to play in. And there are guardrails in that sandbox or goalposts, so to speak. But yeah, I I think there's this existential fear that like, it's it's like still the 16 year old kid in my mind of like, I can't miss my calling. (laughs) And if Mm -hmm, I take one mm -hmm. step off that path. So I think that that's right. I think that that would resonate not just with me, but a lot of people, especially because entrepreneurship is it's oftentimes it does feel like you're it's like a ping pong, you know, because Mm -hmm. there is this spiritual nature to it. But there also is a very strategic, pragmatic things change nature to it as well. And some of the best Mm -hmm. entrepreneurs are able to kind of like measure that and and sort of move when they need to. So, man, I think that's such a huge, such a huge uh, need in terms of just a perspective, uh, shift or even just a, a new focus for Christian entrepreneurs. And I think mm-hmm. more people would struggle with that than they would, than they would probably, probably admit. That's really good. Um, what's that yeah. podcast? What's your podcast called again?
1: The renew your mind podcast for faith driven entrepreneurs. Yep. Amazing.
0: Cool. So if you're listening to yep. that, this is, um, th- that link will be in the show notes and I would like highly, highly encourage to, to jump on that, add that to your, your media diet, um, okay, so let's talk about Malachi, because I'm I'm actually super excited about this. So, you know, Dean and I talk on this podcast a lot about creating ideas and putting them out into the world and kind of breaking them down to, honestly, their most specific specific niche. What is this at its most basic format? And so when you and I chatted a couple months ago, maybe about this project, I was just like floored about it from the beginning, because I think it solves such, it, it's such a problem uh, a simple but useful and necessary tool. So man, just tell tell us about Malachi Daily. Tell us what it does, but more importantly, like what's the story that got you here? What's the philosophy behind it, the vision behind it? Yeah,
1: absolutely. So at its most basic level, Malachi Daily, it's a subscription service that helps you memorize passages of the Bible via text message. So that's the core of it. We also help you learn the context because we don't think that it's worth just memorizing information. We actually want you to understand it and how that connects to other parts of scripture, your spiritual life, just your life in general. So that's what it does. It helps you memorize scripture. The The story behind it is kind of a couple of things. One, I had that experience when I was praying for a year for direction in terms of my career. And it happened to be that the only piece of scripture that I probably had memorized at that point, a couple of years into my walk with Jesus that came to mind at a really pivotal point. It was literally sitting down. I can picture I sitting down at my dining room table with my hands open. And I was just praying like, Lord, speak. Uh, I'm, I'm done trying to figure this out. I'm trying to control this. I'm trying to figure this out and finally surrendered. And then that verse says uh, Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 15, which says, and it may not make sense. To people, but it'll make sense in a second. Uh, it says, see, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. And you know, that verse pops into my head, and I'm like, that doesn't have anything to do with the situation. But scripture never just at that point, it just never would come to me randomly. And so I was like, let me look at it. The verse directly before it um, basically just spoke exactly to what what I knew and what I needed to hear. And it was basically God just kind of hitting me upside the head saying, obey. Like, you know what I'm, what I'm asking you to do. And so that one experience memorizing scripture years before that incident had such an impact on the trajectory of my life. You would think that I would then go and start memorizing scripture all the time. But as it turns out, that didn't happen. And to be honest, I just, I found it pretty difficult to do. And even more recently within the last year, I started to try to get into some scripture memorization habits tried using some things that are out there, there are apps, you know, if you if you Google it, you'll find people creating these like complex index card systems. And, you know, you set this thing up and you have your, your rhythm. And as much as I wanted to do it, none of those things stuck. And so that was an idea that kind of had been planted on my heart. The other kind of crosswind here is that I've been coaching for the last four years, but I've I started to feel God want to open that up to beyond coaching from a vocational perspective. And basically, what I was sensing was that he was saying, you're an entrepreneur, you're a builder, I want you to want you to go and lean into that and allow it. Because I think for a while, I, I kind of kept that door shut to focus on coaching, because I was like, that's, that's me being faithful to what he's asked me to do. And so I kind of closed the door. So this was the idea that was on my heart for about a year, year and a half. And it felt like the one that I could most easily put into practice. And I could see at least the first couple of steps. And so started to build it um purely out of a place of I want to memorize scripture. I haven't found something that works for me. I want to build something that works for me. And if it works for me, I'm sure there are a couple other people that could use it too. And so that's that's kind of the story where it came from. I'd say the the philosophy, the heart behind it is this is about spiritual formation. This is discipleship. This isn't about you know, memorizing things. This is about us being transformed from the inside out. And one of the things that, I, that I've been saying as I've just been talking to people about this is that we become what we give our attention to, right? We become what we worship. There are all these kind of things that people tend to say, but what we look at, what we give our attention to, that's that's the stuff that forms us. And if we ask ourselves as Christians, what are the things that we're giving our attention to and where would God's word rank on that list? Even from purely from a time perspective, right? If we're honest with ourselves, even even those of us who are spending an hour a day it, reading the Bible, it's like, all right, in that, in that time, we either have our phone or we have our physical Bible open in front of us. That's like 6% of our time that we're awake. It's like, where's all the other time going? And so one of the ideas behind scripture memorization, which this isn't a new thing, this is an ancient thing that I, I'm hopeful that we can h- help recover is something in our hands, something in our pockets isn't going to form us. But if we get it inside of our, our minds and our hearts, it'll it'll actually start to, we'll start to really reap the benefit and, and see some transformation from meditating on his word. And so, yeah, that's a bit of the philosophy, a bit of the heart. This is about forming people into the image of Christ and I think that, I think that we've, we've built something that's really simple and it works in the six weeks of testing. I memorized more scripture than I have in the last, you know, three years. And I think that's a testament, not just because I built it but because I wanted to do it. And it actually, it actually worked. Like, it's just quite simple.
0: Yeah, man. That's so, um, that really is such a cool, uh, perspective and I know it to be, um, gosh, so true in my own life. I've struggled with anxiety and panic attacks i had my first panic attack when i was uh in the fourth grade so what age is that i can't even remember and have basically that has been a journey for me uh, literally up until right now i'm 37 years old and and that is still something that in various seasons of my life i've struggled with and i remember unfortunately a, a little bit too late to the game probably like six or seven years ago i started on this process of memorizing scripture um, and even just a few scriptures that I would be able to like recall. And for me, it just kind of started as like a note section in my phone where I just had three mm. or four scriptures and I would be able to look at that. And so, and even now those are scriptures and and there's maybe a handful of them, um, but they have like stuck with me. Um, and so it's such a, it really is such a powerful tool, but but like you said, not just for a something to help with symptoms, right? And that's great. But I think also just to have deep inside of us, our pastor, the pastor of our local church here we've been chatting the last couple of months about like, do our people know the Bible and not just know the Bible from a big picture perspective, but do they, have they memorized scripture? Like if they were in a situation where they needed to recite scripture about something, whether it be a terrible situation or a joyful situation, would they even have that in their arsenal? Um, And so that's something that we've really been uh, obsessed with. And I think, I think what I love about what you're doing is it struck a couple of chords, uh, which is this sort of like discipleship and formation that I actually believe the church is turning back to uh, maybe after many years mm. of, of making that secondary. But I think what I love about your tool is almost as ancient mm. as it feels, it actually it actually feels like super modern, which is weird because you're just saying like, okay, I'm going to send a text message. But it also sort of gamifies it like in a way. And I know mm. that's a really like probably loose term uh, in how you're thinking about it. But talk about that element of it, because I think that is part of the real genius behind what you guys are building.
1: Yeah. And so one of the, one of the things I knew that, you know, as I was thinking about how to solve this problem and, you know, I mentioned other tools out there and they work for some people. It just didn't work for me. One of the barriers that I faced was it just took too much effort. It's it required me to form multiple new behaviors. And anytime we're asking people to form a new habit and we're asking them to stack multiple new things into their life and fit it into their already busy schedules. We're just we're making it harder and we're making the sustainability uh, less likely to happen. And so I think part of the, the gamification, if you want to use that term or just the kind of the modern take on this is everybody already sends text messages every single day. Ninety eight percent of text messages get open. We're not asking people to form a new habit, to go to a new app, to, you know, open up their box of index cards, to create the index cards in the first place and choose which scriptures to memorize. You literally just you do what you've been doing every day for the last however many years since you've gotten a smartphone. And it truly takes less than a couple minutes a day. And so it's a really light on the effort, but the the benefit that you get from it. Like I said, I've even beyond just memorizing the scripture, there have been so many benefits that, that people in our are testing and everything leading up to our launch experienced. And I think when you make something such a when you make something easy to integrate into your already busy life, I think that's where you can really find some success and you're not asking too much of people and you're letting them just focus on just memorize the scripture, that's it. You don't need to do don't worry about anything else. You don't need to pick it, you don't need to you don't need to think except for meditate on this piece of scripture and we're going to teach you some context about it too. And yeah, cool. so that's that's a bit of kind of the way that we thought about it and, and have approached it from a technological standpoint. We're not. I'm a, I'm very much. If you looked at my phone, I have very few apps. I I'm not big on. I don't have any notifications. Like I don't want to be reliant on my phone if I don't have to be. And so this felt like the right balance of using technology. Right, like, technology is not bad, but how do we use it to form people in the direction of price likeness, as opposed to, you know, what most things that we see in the news on Instagram, on Netflix, like are, are doing.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So talk to me about let's like get, I guess, like super tactical, practical for a second. So you have this idea, are you technical in nature? Like, give me like zero to one, like you had this idea, what's the first thing you did? What did you teach yourself in the process? Because that, that's kind of what I love is like, you hit me up about this. And you were like, Oh, check this thing out like this is what mm-hmm. we're doing you from my understanding you built it yourself or or at least you sort of hacked together the stuff you needed yep. to hack together to build build that's yourself more accurate, so like yeah. and and I think that's one thing I love is it's like <laughs> you took this idea you created the minimum viable product on this idea um talk to me about that process like take us like that zero to one
1: experience mm-hmm. for everybody listening out there I am not technical and this is definitely this is this came together in a very very scrappy way and even the way that i connected with you was i'm just going to sh- i'm just going to reach out and see what happens and i think there was a lot of that going on throughout the process but step 1 was really formulate some basic hypothesis right the idea that you can memorize scripture through text messages through kind of a progressive fill in the blank uh, progression through text messages so started with that started just talking to people about it and tried to kind of use the the mom test, if you're familiar with that or if folks are familiar with that. It's basically talk to people and start to get some feedback. How did people respond to it? And once I started to, to hear just some people react similar to the way that I would have reacted if somebody shared this with me, I was like, all right, great. I, I definitely think this has some legs. And then I just built the, and when I say built, I used already existing services that are out there you know, there are a bunch of text messaging services that you can use to send texts to large groups of people. And so I found the cheapest one I could could find and I used Canva to create some images. It actually first started out with just sending images to people and first started with my wife, like literally started with me and my wife. Let's test this out. And then did that, invited a couple more friends, iterated on kind of the frequency of text message, shifted from image to, to text message, um, and then started to just build that group until I had a group of about 20 people, all people I knew, just friends. And so it was, it was a very iterative process, literally using the, the cheapest. I kept track. It was something like, I, for the first three months, I spent a total of like $50 or something like that, building this thing and, and testing it out and just refining what the process was actually like. And then once I reached a point where I felt solid on the process, then I started looking into all right, how would I actually do this in a way that's a little bit cleaner, a little bit simpler from a user's perspective uh, and and went from there. So started super small with literally my wife and, and some conversations with people and just using existing tools. I don't have to know how to code. Nobody needs to know how to code or, or develop anything you can either find somebody who can or there are plenty of no code tools that are out there that you can hack together through integrations and things like Zapier and all that fun stuff. So let me ask
0: you a question on the um, I love this and I hope to if you're cool that I want to get to even some more like take it a yeah. layer deeper in terms of some of these mm-hmm. practicalities. So you've got this idea. Um, you have this you have this MVP that you're testing with your wife and then you're testing with, you know, five and then maybe 10 and then 20 friends. What kind of feedback are you looking for? And then how do you tell the difference between like, oh, these are just my friends excited (laughs) about (laughs) this thing that I'm doing. And uh, I actually have some signal here. Because that's something Mm -hmm. that like I've been, I mean, ever since I was a kid, I'm like always coming up with ideas. The vast majority of them are like derivative. Like they're not original. Mm -hmm. They're from something else. And, you know, like, and... And the people closest to you, it's really easy for them to be like, oh, that's really smart. Oh, that's really great. And there's a difference between like, oh, this is an, a, a cool idea, uh-huh. a, a helpful idea. And then, oh, this could be an actual business. Now, I know mm-hmm. that Malachi, it fits similar to what Vast does. Like, is it, yeah, we want it to be a great business, but really we also see it as a mission, right? So there's that mm-hmm. There's that dynamic to it that is not simply as pragmatic as will this be a successful business. Mm-hmm. Um, but how do you sort out that feedback and like, how do you know who to ask to test and what kind of questions are you asking yeah. them and what responses from them are you looking for so that you know they're not just being a good friend um, yeah.
1: in the, oh, yeah, in the process? Sure. Or, or a bad friend, depending on how you look at it. I'd Exactly. Say, yeah, no, it, that's such a great question. And certainly there's, like no matter what testing you do, there's always going to be, once you actually put it out into the wilds, you may get new feedback and different feedback. But one of the main things because I asked myself that question. It's like, how do, how do I actually get honest feedback? Because I don't want people telling me that this is great. I already think it's great. I don't want people, I want to see all the flaws. I want to know what people hate about it. I want to know what's inconvenient. And so a huge part of that was the people that you picked. So I picked people who, whether it was their personality type or just the relationship that we have, where I could look them in the eyes and say, I need, I need you to tell me the truth. Mm-hmm. And I over communicated that. Like every touch point with them, I overcommunicated it and over-communicated it. Because even, even when you, even if you say, give me your honest feedback, people are really uncomfortable giving honest feedback if it's critical and if it's constructive. And so you really have to make it feel safe for them to, to give that. And actually, you want to help them see that the more critical feedback and constructive feedback that they give you, that's actually the loving thing to do. And so I actually took. I took a lot of time and effort to think about my communication with that test group. And because a good chunk of those folks were people that I saw on a regular basis, I had the opportunity to do some of that communication in person, but most of it was still virtual. I over communicated to make sure that people felt safe to give me honest feedback. And the way that I knew if it was working is if they actually gave me constructive feedback. And once I started to get that, I knew that we were actually getting somewhere And started to realize that even like people were sharing those things with me, but they were exhausting kind of, they were like, yeah, that's kind of all I can come up with. Everything else has been, has been actually really, really helpful. And I'll just do random stuff, like actually ask people like, hey, what is this verse that we just memorized four weeks ago? I'm like, does this actually work? Like, regardless of your perception, does it actually work? Do you actually memorize it? And so Hey, that's I say, that's actually a really yeah,
0: that's a really cool perspective. Like, you're not just going like, is the user experience good? Does the process work? Does the brand look good? You're that's actually a really cool perspective. Is like, are you actually memorizing the scripture? And mm-hmm. like, that's a that's a that's a cool thing to go. Oh yeah, is like, are people signing up? Okay. Are people getting the text message? Yeah. But are people actually using it and three, four five weeks, are they still remembering what this scripture is? That's actually a mm-hmm. really great um, way to think about, is this working philosophically? Not just, is this like working mm-hmm. practically? Um, yeah. That's a really cool perspective to have.
1: Yeah. So for folks listening, if, you know, going to people that you really trust, that can be a great thing or that can be a huge mistake. Depending on finding the right people and how you communicate it, I certainly would recommend also if you have access to a group of strangers. Again, you, where you need to be careful that you don't run into the same issues. Sometimes strangers won't give you constructive feedback, either because they don't want to hurt your feelings, and so there's you know there's some dynamics there. But at the end of the day, the kind of the through line would be you've got to incentivize honesty and incentivize constructive feedback to actually make sure that you're not just you know going moving forward with this hyper idealized. Wow. Everybody loves this. This is going to be amazing. I'm going to put this out there and there's going to be no problems and everybody's just going to want it. Uh, that's just not realistic. It's very, very rare that I, I don't know of any first iterations of anything that are going to get put out into the world and be met with just love and adoration from, from users. That's just not, that's not reality.
0: Not how it works. Yeah. 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 Man, that's incredible. Kieran, thanks for being here today, man. Where can people find you online, your coaching, your podcast, Malachi? Just give us all that. Obviously, that will be in the show notes. And if you're listening to this show or any of our other vast shows, you're going to be hearing a lot about Malachi over the next couple months because we're going to be working uh, with you guys to just get the word out and, and honestly just evangelize the product because we actually legitimately really do um believe in it. So where can people find you online, man?
1: Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram personally at Kieran Lenahan In terms of Malachi Daily, we have an Instagram profile as well. It's Malachi Daily HQ. But going to the website malachidaily.com, you can go there, you can start your free trial and and give it a go. Grab a couple of friends and and start memorizing scripture. And uh yeah, would love to see you there. So those are the main places as far as coaching Lenahancoaching.com. And then the podcast is, if you search Renew Your Mind for faith-driven entrepreneurs, it should be the first
0: result. Kieran, thanks for being uh, with us today on Kings and Priests. We're definitely gonna have you on soon and uh, honestly can't wait to see how all that you're working on just continues to flourish and, and help people. Thanks
1: for being here, man. Yeah, man, thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it.